Welcome to the Fowler's Roost Podcast, a hunting and fishing talk show bringing you professional outdoor guiding adventures, trending news, product reviews, and tips from industry experts. So take a load off, settle in, and stay a while with your host, professional hunting and fishing guide and lifelong outdoorsman, Captain Jay Barnes. This episode of The Fowler's Roost is brought to you by Professor Duck's Waterfall Identification Series. The wing tells the story. Get your copy or download today at duckidtraining.com. Hey folks, welcome to this episode of The Fowler's Roost. I recently had morning coffee at the Roost with Dave O'Dell, a.k.a. Professor Duck, and my good buddy Johnny D. from Backwater Outdoors on their new educational project and training aid called Professor Duck's Waterfowl Identification Series. Listen in as we discuss the importance of properly identifying ducks out on the lakes, marshes, and in the blind. So whether you're new to waterfowling, young or old, or just a plain waterfowling enthusiast, don't miss this episode and learn how the wing tells the story. You can also check out Professor Duck and his training at duckidtraining.com. My big thing is, is the, the people that come to me that just don't have the knowledge of what the what birds are they're shooting. You should, I mean, you that's, that's going to be a lot of them. You, uh, let me tell you a little, little personal story, Jay, and then I'll, I'll put a lid on it. The New York State waterfowl identification thing started with me and um, a biologist from, oh, oh, it was Al Marsters, really. You remember Al? What's yeah, the last name? L. Marsters. Marsters. I, I, I... Well, anyway, in Region 7 and Region 8, I was, I was working at a check station. That was one of the first things I did when I came on. You know, I was working on the Tanawanda and Oak Orchard wildlife management areas. And, and um, uh, we had check stations. Uh, boys had to come in and hunt, you know, check in, get a permit, hunt a different particular area. It was pathetic. These guys knew nothing. I, I, I've told, I think I've told the story about a guy coming in with three black ducks he had, he had three coots and he thought they were black ducks. He didn't even know they weren't ducks. And I would, every time a, I, got, I started, every time a bunch of guys or two guys or one guy came in to return their permit and they were supposed to show us their birds, I started querying them what they had. I would say 90% of them had no clue what they had. Yeah. No clue yeah. at all. It's yeah. pathetic. And to me, yeah. as a waterfowl hunter, I mean, I'm not as avid a hunter as I used to be in terms of waterfowl. I like, I like deer hunting now. I go out and shoot a little bit, but... To me, the, the fun and the challenge of waterfowl hunting was the identification and knowing what, knowing what you were shooting before you pull the trigger. And if you don't know, don't pull the trigger. These right. guys didn't care if it's a duck, no, they shoot it. They don't. And, and uh, no no clue at all. And I said, you guys, you know, if they were in a point system, they'd be dead. But I said, you guys can have a lot more <laughs> a lot more fun at this if you knew what you were shooting. And that's that was a kind of the genesis of that whole um, I'll tell you what, though, what we had envisioned was something real, real stringent. So that if you were able to take our courses and pass them, uh, it would be it would be difficult, and you'd get special. You know, we'd have a we'd have special days on the uh, state areas just for the guys that passed it. Of course, when the the bureaucrats got a hold of it in Albany, I said, "Well, we we just want and and they were right in a way. We want to expose people to this. We know we know in this course they're not going to be become expert identifiers. So basically." We want everybody to take it in as many pass as possible. So they dumbed it down, but at least we got it out there. And now on a lot of the areas, everybody at least has to sit through, you know, several hours of that. And um, 
So, you know, but that was, that was what it was. Jay, they don't, they don't know what they're shooting. No. I, I say, even some of the, the dyed in the wool waterfowlers that hunt a lot aren't, aren't, aren't the best at it. And, you know, everybody makes mistakes. That's the uh, truth. You being out there every day, you probably are better at birds flying around the distance of coming in than, uh, you know, than anybody else because you're watching it all the time. Yeah, if we uh, we we experienced something a, a a little short story, I'll keep it super short. It, we got a day where just Al and I were hunting. You know, you know, I I don't I don't work every day out there. You know what I mean? We get a chance to go do it on our own uh, during the week. She typically a couple of days a week. Al and I were in the box and out here in the bay, front neck point, and we face to the west. Our, our back is to the east, and you know we got the little bay to the right there, and then the open water and the big big water to the left, going looking down towards Conley's and Farley's down that way. And mm-hmm. and uh, I look, I look coming around the point, and and that's where a lot of you know a lot of our birds that are obviously they come out of the north, and I look around the 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 face of the point there, and I, I look up, and here comes a ball of birds, and I'm. My initial look up, I was like, oh, there's a big flock of blackbirds right there. And they flashed in the sun. I says, holy Jesus, Al. I go, they're buffleheads. There's 60 to 75 of them coming around the point. Wow. <laughs> and it's so, I, I couldn't I couldn't believe that. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it was just. Yeah, usually it, it, but it, pairs, it was, singles and pairs. Yeah. A, a big flock for us down here might be 15. You know what I mean? And all the years that I've been, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm 48. I started when I was five, so 43 years of experience down here. I've never seen a flock of buffleheads like that. But yeah. it it when they initially come around the point, uh, you know, I started, it's, wasn't expecting anything like that. And when as soon as they flashed in the sun, it, it was instant what they were. You know what I mean? What and was it, your identifier? Uh, flight pattern, color you know, wing speed, all, all of that stuff. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, it's a whole, it's, it's hard to say, you know, you, I've watched birds. I started bird watching and being into that probably when I was five or six, I had a bird yeah. guide, I think when I was seven and I was out there. And after you watch birds that I, I see a bird fly and I know what it is. Like you say, it's a whole, it, you might only see one, one thing that tips you off, or you might see three things that tip you off, but sit there with back and there's, oh yeah, okay, well, it's got the, that's not how it goes after a while. No, and then if no. you bird watch um, for like, oh, in May, when the warblers come through, it's all, it's 90% of us that calls all the different songs and you right. hear it and you know right. what it is. Yep. And if you hear it and you don't know what it is, you start looking because, ooh, that's something I'm not sure of. What is that? It's a new one. Yeah. Yeah. So- it, there aren't, I don't think, even though we're, te- we're teaching some, ways to identify and uh, i don't think that that uh, there are any true keys to identification it's experience and a whole bunch of things and it might be just the shape of a wing or the way something flies um it's you can't explain that it's a it's a multitude of facets that 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 bring that identification into place a a lot of people you know we'll sit there in the box and watch those divers go up and down the middle of the lake and we'll go yeah there goes a flock of redheads or Mm -hmm. you know there goes a flock of bluebills and people look at you like dude those ducks are a mile away how do you know what they are i go well i go they're not they're not all redheads and bluebills i go there's probably a canny or two mixed in there i go there might be a widgeon or two flying in with them i go it's not that that's exactly what they are 100 percent of the time when i say that i but in general the higher percentage of the time that flight activity on this particular lake in this spot is is 
what's what's and taking place. Experience is the key. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I've always said if they're flying away from you, you always know what they are. You just <laughs> yeah. pray they don't you pray they don't turn around and come back because yeah. then oh well, that wasn't that. Hey, what are you talking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and that um as as much as you know, I would like to think I'm extremely good at it. You know, the, the lack of early morning light vision, you know, and, and teaching people to, to back off sometimes on those early morning shots um, with, you know, with the advent of a two bird limit, uh, you know what I mean? And one of which is a hen, you know, when I've got a group of guys in the box, it, it, it's it, customers in particular, it, it's hard to tell them to back off when they're there yeah. to kill ducks. I mean, you, yeah. you know, you've, you've got to watch what you're doing and, and, and yeah. teaching that to customers is tough sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let me ask you, Dave, as far as the, the percentages of, of people that, you know, like you said, you give it that 90% of the people that have come through, what are your, what's your experience? That was back, that was back then before we had any identification thing. At all. Yes. I mean, what, what's your experience now? And I know you're not at the check station anymore, but you know, you're, 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 you're teaching this to, to these people. What, what are you seeing as far as the, the guys that are coming back with these birds now on the refuges there, do you get a chance to pay attention to that at any type of a level anymore? Or? No, I have an internet. In fact, most of the refuges now um, have a, a check-in thing where you just write what you got and put it in a box. When we, when we were starting with these early management areas and, and, and waterfowl management back, well, early, I mean, not early, but early for me, uh, we were more interested in knowing all the species and uh, the, you know, mix of what the bir what birds they were getting and which helped kind of shape some of our management and it helped shape some of the flyway management. Uh, and, and all that information went on into, you know, the feds. Um, it, it kind of, after a while, it wasn't as important, although I, I don't know, the, the feds, the feds at uh, Montezuma, I don't hunt that. Do they, uh, they don't require a check-in anymore. Do they just put, fill out something and put it in a box? Uh, you, you know, I, I don't know either. I, I'm, I I'm too, so. I'm too big to be in that marsh. John so has hunted it most recently. I I've been there and, uh, picked up everything, which I have at the farm. Even if you want to hunt Shacky pool, of course, during COVID you go, there was no one in the check station. There was a line of guys to go get the forms in the morning. They had all the barricades up. There yeah. may have been somebody there, a DEC officer. I don't know. But you go in, you pick up your paperwork, you fill it out, you get your permit, says where you're gonna where you're gonna hunt, your parking pass is there, you have to sign it, and then you have to turn everything in. So you you sign on before and then you have to turn it in at the end so they know you're off the property. But you don't you never I and this isn't just since COVID, Jod. I don't think you have to take uh, I, I hunted there quite a while ago, but I, you didn't even have to take the birds back. You just filled out what you thought you had and put your card in. The Which thing. is very okay. concerning for me since. Yeah, me too. It, it, so because to hunt Montezuma National Wildlife Refuge, Dave, I was one of your students. That's how you and I got to know each other. And then through a Ducks Unlimited project. But I can tell you that I took that course because I wanted to hunt Montezuma National Wildlife Refuge in the Shacky Pool because I couldn't hunt it without a waterfowl identification certification think, through the state. Do you think many people would do it if it if they weren't required to do it for that? No, no. they wouldn't. No, no, no. And, and and Jay, with our project, Professor Duck's Waterfowl Identification Series, we you know Dave has had a passion to do this, and the reason that we partnered with Dave to do this is because we believe that this is a great learning tool to help people 
at least get started to identify characteristics between puddle ducks and diving ducks and that the key in the wing, uh, the wing tells the story. And that's actually our tagline is the wing tells the story. Because if you don't see the wing, when, when you shoot a bird and you're ready to harvest that bird and hopefully the dog goes out and picks it up and brings it back, you know, we love our dogs. You're going to know if you don't know what that bird is, when you pull the wing open and look at the speculum, you're going to know right then and there what it is because right. the wing tells the story. Sure. Yeah. And, I, and obviously, if you've got a nice redhead or a uh, Drake Mallard, it's no, no problem. But when you get into pintails and gadwalls and females and, and things like that, it's it becomes difficult for the average person that doesn't see these birds in any regularity. And the, the level, the level of difficulty steps up when you get a, 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 I don't, I don't even, I don't know what you want to call it. What, um, a bird in eclipse. Yeah. yeah that's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. What's what's yeah, that, that's yeah. when people, you know, you're sitting in the blind and the, and the phone beeps is, Hey, what is this? Can we go back with this? I can't tell you how many times that happens throughout the season. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, when I was starting out, I was, uh, I was working at Oak Orchard at the check station and um, guy came in and uh, he's, he uh, had a couple birds and he said, Oh, I have a, um, I can't remember. It was a, if he called it a ring neck or a, a ruddy duck or something, he called it something. He says, I said, no, it's, it's thus and such. He says, Oh no, no. He says, there's a, there's a federal biologist right out there when I walked in and he told me what it was. And I knew he, I knew what, that I was right. Right. So I said, wait a minute. And so I went, I went out and I said, come on, let's see if we can get him. So we went out, I, I confronted the biologist and he was older than I was. I was a young greenhorn, but I wasn't going to let this pass. And I, and I showed him and I showed him the, the, the wing and everything. And he says, oh yeah, that's right. That isn't what I said. It's da, da, da. So here's a federal biologist working on the Montezuma National, or there was the Iroquois National Wildlife Refuge. He had no clue. And he just sure. told the guy what it was. So the guy believed him and thought I was a dummy because yeah. I didn't have a, I didn't have a uniform. You know, I just had jeans and a flannel yeah. shirt. But, yes. Uh, yeah. civvies. Well, I, Captain, yeah. Captain Jay, I want to, I want to say this too. There's a, there is this stigma. Well, I think it's, it, maybe it's not a, even a stigma. <clears throat> There's a personality trait that most of us duck hunters and waterfowlers have. And it's the, you can't tell me anything. I know it all. You know, there's a lot of pride. They will never admit they don't know how to do something. So that, that continues to be a challenge. You yeah, know, it's, not just duck, it's not just duck hunters. It, uh, well, but yeah, but yeah. yeah. That's why, you know, I spent 15 years of doing seminars as, as a, um, in the professional sportsman's position at Redhead and Bass Pro and specifically the Auburn, New York store. I did yep. a couple uh, down the Atlantic flyway. I did two other stores. Um, but after 15 years of that, you know, I, I told them, I said, look at, I'm, I'm the, I'm your Turkey calling guy. I'm your duck calling goose calling bird guy. I will not, I refuse to do a whitetail seminar. Whitetail hunters, as far as that goes, are the hardest people to teach because they know everything. Okay. Not much different in duck hunting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you can, you know, the, the younger crowd, it, it seems like you can, you know, you, you can ingrain and instill some things in the younger crowd in the waterfowl world. But man, when it comes to whitetail hunters, it, it is very difficult. Okay, Jay, now put yourself in a profession. And I was in the profession for close to 40 years where you're working, you, you've trained your, I was an outdoors person from, you know, as soon as I could walk, I've experienced all that stuff my, on my own, you know, 
as an amateur and then learning a lot of stuff in college and, and grad school and in the profession. But I say none of them are, are all of them are difficult. They all know yeah, well, there's, there's everything about pressure. what they're doing. And so yeah. you, I'm working in a profession where um, even though I'm a hunter too, and I've got the experience, my own, my own experience might be different, but, and I've got the, the uh, education as well and, the, and all that. I can't tell them anything. I had a guy in a, when we were, when we were going back about, we were trying changing some of the white-tailed uh, deer regulations. And we had these uh, deer and deer hunting meetings. I was the regional wildlife manager on Avon. And this guy gets up and he's, he's saying, you guys got to issue more permits, which is unusual. It used to be, you couldn't shoot does, you know, you, right. no one would want to shoot a doe. Why would you do that? You got to issue more permits. And, and I'm thinking, he's sitting there. I said, you know, you could, that was the time when you could get two to start out with two more. You could get, um, DM or one of the D maps and different things. And, and I said to him, I said, well, how many tags did you have? And he goes, eh, one, two. he says, I had seven tags. I said, how many did you fill? You know, three or four. And I said, see, you consider yourself a good hunter <laughs> and you're, <laughs> you didn't fill even half the permits you have, but we got to issue more permits. The guy, so that's what I was dealing with all the time. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I used to argue, but I don't argue with them anymore. And I, yeah, towards the end of my career, I wouldn't argue because we would tell them, as as we best could tell from the from the science, we would tell them what we know, and and there is a lot of experience. I mean, you can't you can't fault experience and, and being out there. But it was like, yeah, I'm in a profession where everybody knows more about it than I do. So, and and I think to- you know, I think what Captain Jay, what we're trying to do is we've identified that this is not going to appeal. This this training series is not going to appeal to everybody. Right. But I do believe what it will appeal to is the youth and, and, and fathers and grandfathers and mothers and grandmothers that are in the outdoors, that they want to train up the youth and keep our traditions going. It's a great learning tool. Um, we tested this project before we brought it to market with several children. And uh, we had one young man who just want, he wanted the second series right away. He finished it. And he was only 13 years old and a Boy Scout. He's never right. been out in the field to, to harvest birds. He's just, he's, he's a wildlife enthusiast. Yeah. And conservationist. So they, we, it, it's too bad that we started this. Um, we, we kind of, it was for hunters, but we, we, I wished partway through the filming that we had done more for bird watchers too. So we kind of to fold that in. But I think what we realized after we got that first piece done and we were into the second piece, this was a good tool for youth could be used in sportsman's clubs, could be used, you know, um, hunt clubs and things for the kids. Right. And, and then the, uh, the adults wouldn't, they say, you know, they wouldn't have to take it and say, well, I know more about it. They would be willing to use it and we could make some, you know, we're going to make some workbooks and some things with it. I Which think we have, yeah, I'm hoping that that is what, um, that audience and, and that use is what gets kids going on it. And, uh, and, and forget about the know-it-all uh, adults who don't want to learn it. Right. Right. Yeah. You, 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 you got to feed it. You got to feed it to the people that want it. Yeah. You're not going to take some of these big names that you and I talked about early Jay uh, in our conversation today. You're not going to get these big names because they'll never admit to you that they don't know how to identify a bird on the wing. They're right. never going to tell you that. Yeah. You know, it's like a dog trainer telling you that he doesn't know something. Right pride gets in the way. So again, I, I think we're going to, we're going to identify that. And Dave is right. 
Um, but I think what we have filmed is appropriate. It's a good starter system to, to teach people. Uh, we've got the Diver Duck uh, series now that we're starting to produce, you know, and Dave did a tremendous job with that. You know, Dave's an educator, so he is Professor Duck. And, you know, I just think his way of teaching and how he's done it over the years can be a benefit to many other people. Yeah, and I'm sure, Jay, if you watch the Diver one, you're going to have some issues with a few things. Um, we did that. I don't know if you know this, but other than a couple of notes with some of the divers that I, went, I wasn't really accustomed to, we, I did this pretty much extemporaneously. No notes, no format, really. I wish maybe we had had it, but I, I like, I just kind of like it inter, inter, interactive. What I enjoy more than sitting in front of a camera is interacting with people. And I do my best when I'm in front of a group of kids and sportsmen or whatever. Sure. I, I like to interact and, and standing in front of a camera is not my, my um, forte. Yeah, it's the, 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 the camera unglues a lot of people. Um, I, I wasn't really quite sure how I would take to it either. And it, it's just, you, you just gotta you put it out of your head that it's even there. And, and like Johnny and I talk about all the time, you know, your craft. So when, when you're, when you're rolling and you're on, there's no there's no glitches there's no hitches in your giddy up you know what i mean once once you get rolling your product out you're there you're in the zone you're in the yeah, zone you're in the zone i'm the same way johnny and i talk about it all the time and this is something that we say well you know we got to practice this for the podcast podcast and stuff like that and there's no there's no practicing it one of the big things that that johnny and i talked about this morning is and what's kept me around for 21 years is, is the truth. I speak the truth. When somebody calls me, a customer calls me on the phone and they want to know, Jay, what's going on? Are, are the birds there? You know, are, are you killing birds? Are, are you, are you shooting big numbers or are you just shooting a few? What's happening? I tell them if, if, if we're not pulling the trigger, I tell them we're not pulling the trigger. I tell them why, you know what I mean? If, and, and if we're, if we're hammering them and we're on them, I tell them that too. You know, and they, they want to know, I tell them the truth. I, I had, I had one uh, customer call me on a, on a setup to set up everything. First initial phone call. Uh, and, and it got to the point where, you know, after 21 years of doing this, I can read somebody in the first 30 seconds. It's the first couple of questions that they ask. I know whether they're going to be worth booking or not. And, and this guy hit me with three questions right off the bat that was like red flag, red flag, red flag. I said, okay, I go look at, and, and without telling you what I got into with him, I hit him with the hardest set of truth and almost was belligerent with the truth. And at the end of the conversation, he, he booked with me and, and that was 10 years ago. And he's been with me every year, ever since. And, and I, I was, I was almost to the point where I was trying to push him away <laughs> to go to somebody else. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's how belligerent I got with the, with the truth. And I said, if this guy can hang on through the end of this conversation, he'll know who I am and what I put forward to do what I do and my end of the business. And mm -hmm. if he wants to book with me at that point, then I've given him everything that I need to give him. And he has no preconceived notion or no expectations that he shouldn't have before he comes and does a hunt yeah. with me. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in truth. Yeah. A hundred percent. So when you, you know, um, when you get, when you get in front of that camera and you say, you know, you like to be in front, in front of the people, that's, that's where your train rolls mm -hmm. and, and you've got the steam poured to it and you're, and you're on the money. So we'd like to wrap up this morning's coffee session 
Professor Duck, we're glad that you uh, came into the conversation this morning. It was great to see you. Great to have you here with us. Thanks. What a fantastic morning it's been. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, thanks, man. If you'd like to listen to more episodes on demand, please visit the Fowler's Roost podcast.podbean.com. For interest in guided hunting or fishing trips with Captain Jay, please visit FrontenacFowlers.com or call 315-406-4763. For lodging accommodations during your stay in the Finger Lakes, visit TheFowlersRoost.com.